Thanks for listening to the Cornerstone Chapel Middle School Podcast. Let's head into the service for this week's message. So we are in the book of 1 Kings, as I said, and we have been going through the history of the nation of Israel. And something huge happened last week in the history of Israel. The kingdom did what? Somebody raise your hand and tell me what happened to the kingdom of Israel last week. Somebody remember? Yes. It's split in half. There is a northern half and there's a southern half. We have a map for it. Throw it on up there, Leslie. So we have a northern kingdom. And somebody raise your hand and tell me, where is the northern kingdom located? Anyone just want to take a crazy? In the north. Very good, sir. Very good. So the northern kingdom's in the north. And this is a hard one. Does anyone know where the southern kingdom is located? Anyone? Well, uh, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Um, yes, ma'am. In the south. Very good. Yes, we're really learning here. So the northern kingdom is in the north. The southern kingdom is in the south. And these are the two kingdoms of Israel that have split. And each one's going to have their own king and their own government and be a sovereign nation of its own. Now, each is going to have, as I said, their own kings. And the Bible gives a chronicle of the history of these kings. All of the kings in the northern kingdom, again located in the north, are going to be labeled by the Bible as bad kings, as having not done what was good in the eyes of the Lord. In the southern kingdom, only a handful of the kings are going to be good. Today, uh, we're going to talk about a prophet named Elijah and his ministry speaking to one of the kings named Ahab. Everybody say Ahab. Ahab was a bad, bad king and actually says he was one of the worst kings. And just to give you a track record of what I mean by a bad king, okay? This is the king over God's people in the nation of Israel. And this man worshipped other gods. He built altars to worship other gods at he encouraged the people of Israel to pray to other gods and not pray to the real one true God. And on top of this, the worst thing that he did was that he took his own son and he sacrificed his own son. He killed his own son and sacrificed him to one of these false gods. Now God has never been okay with human sacrifice or asked for that. Actually, he has commanded against it. So he's disobeying God He's taking the life of his own son, and he's worshiping this false god. Things are really, really bad in Israel at the time that Ahab is king. And God has had enough, and he speaks through Elijah, God's prophet, to Ahab and to the nation of Israel, that they need to change. Now, a prophet is someone who speaks on God's behalf to the people of Israel. God speaks in a supernatural way to them, and we don't have prophets anymore because we don't need them anymore. We can hear God speak to us through the Bible. We hear him speak to us through our conscience, the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts. So we don't need prophets anymore. We have pastors who just speak out of God's word, but I don't have like an audible voice in my head like, Barrett. I'm like, yes, Lord. It doesn't happen to me necessarily where that takes place. But we have a prophet here who hears from the Lord, and he speaks. So let's read about uh, Elijah here in verse 1. It says this, Now Elijah, the Tishbite from Tishbe uh, in Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. So the first thing that Elijah does is he, he hears from the Lord, and God says to him, Tell Ahab, 
that there will not be any rain in Israel until until you say so, until I allow it. For several years there will be no rain as punishment for what they are doing so that they might turn away from these false gods. You see, the irony is these false gods were gods they would pray to hoping that it would rain. And God's like, oh, okay, cool. You want to pray to false gods that aren't real? Cool. Pray to them that it would rain, but it's not going to because I'm the real God and they're false gods. They're not even real. And so you can pray to them all you want, but you're just praying to something that isn't even real. And so while this is happening, while this is happening, God speaks to Elijah and says, share that with them so they might know. Now here's the the risk that Elijah is taking in saying this. At this time, if you were a prophet and you said, God spoke to me and here's what God said, and it is proven wrong what you said, so it's proven and shown that you really were just lying to people, then what they would do is they would get a bunch of rocks They would put you against a wall, and they would throw rocks at you until you died. Imagine if we had our weathermen, and we said, okay, so when's it going to rain? It's going to rain on Tuesday. Okay, cool. Well, if you're wrong, we're going to throw rocks at your face until you die. Cool. We go through a lot of weathermen, okay, because weathermen are wrong a lot, which is okay. You know, they're they're human. It's okay. They make mistakes. Uh, But we also want to understand, Elijah's taking a huge risk because he is told by God, hey, it's not going to rain for several years. So he's telling the people, hey, it's not going to rain for several years. And if it rains, the people are going to come back at him with rocks. But like, <laughs> and they're going to throw rocks at him until he dies. So this is a huge risk that he's taking. But he obeys God and he makes this prediction. Then there's a next step as to what God tells Elijah to do. In verse 2, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I will order ravens to feed you there. So he did what the Lord told him, and he went to the Kareth Ravine, east of Jordan, and stayed there. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. So God gives him a second step, a next command. Hey, now I want you to leave, after speaking to Ahab, as I told you to, leave and go to this desolate brook where there's going to be water, and I'm going to feed you there. I'm going to send birds, ravens, who are going to deliver food to you daily, once in the morning and once in the evening. Guys, God created fast food. How cool is this? God literally is the creator, the founder, the first person to come up with the idea of fast food. We serve a great and mighty God. Amen. So God has this mapped out. So where Elijah leaves civilization, goes out in the middle of nowhere, goes to a brook and drinks water from the brook, and then birds twice a day deliver him food. Just, and they land, and they just put down some food. Here's a chicken biscuit, and they kind of push it over. I don't know how they, if they carried him McNuggets. I don't know if it was French fries. I don't know if it was salad. No way it was salad. No way. It was bread, and it was meat. So I think what it was was a chicken biscuit. He just brought him unlimited chicken biscuit. A lot of people haven't been to Chick-fil-A for breakfast. You guys need to do that if you haven't done that. Chick-fil-A is great. I love it for lunch and dinner, but... Go for breakfast. It is worth it. They have these biscuits. And it's as if a buttery angel kissed it. And all around it is just this, oh, it's so good. I'm hungry right now. I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A after church. Psych, it's Sunday. You can't do that. That's terrible. I realize how mean it is to talk about Chick-fil-A on a Sunday because we can't go. That's true. That's all I can eat. All right, moving on, moving on. So moving on, what happens then is these ravens fly in 
drop food for him or land and put it down by his feet and then he eats this way. But realize this, he is having to rely on God every day for food. If one day the ravens don't show up, he starves. He doesn't eat. There is a constant reliance on God to take care of him, to send these birds, to send this food to him. All right, moving on. The next step is what he is told in verse 7. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zephyrath of Sodom and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So this is interesting. So he says, okay, now I want you to leave this brook as the water had dried up. And I want you to go into town. I want you to speak with a widow who I am going to send to you. So it says down here, when he came to the town gate... A widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jug so that I might have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son so that we may eat it and die. Well, that's depressing. Uh, So basically, what happens here is he runs into this lady and he says, Hey, uh, God spoke to me. Could, Could you please give me some food and some water? And she goes, Well... I would give you some food. Ooh, that's funny. Uh, I would give you some water and some food. I can give you water. I can't give you any food, though, because I only have enough supplies to make one loaf of bread. And I'm actually on my way right now to get some wood, and we're going to make a fire, and we're going to eat this last loaf of bread, and then me and my son will have no hope or no more food or no more money, and we will just die. It's a pretty depressing day. You know what I mean? Like your buddies like got five guys. Like, hey, man, what are you doing? I'm just trying to eat these five guys before I run out of food and money and then just die. All right, cool. Last meal. Here we go. I mean, that's basically what they're doing. They're eating their last meal and anticipating dying after this. Pretty depressing. But let's see what Elijah does. Elijah was told by the Lord something, a fourth thing. It says here in 13, Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you said. But first make a small cake of bread uh, for me from what you have and bring it to me and make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jar of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. Elijah says, well, God has spoken to me and here's what you need to do. Make that last bit of bread. Serve it to me. And if you do this, Every single time you reach in that pot for flour, you will pull out some flour. Every single time that you pour that jug of oil out, there will be oil in it. No matter how much you pour out of it, there will still be some left over. Imagine what is happening here, okay? You know how you get like a Chick-fil-A milkshake? And you, you drink the Chick-fil-A milkshake, and the Chick-fil-A milkshake goes away. And you're sad, and you slurp at the bottom of it, and your mom gets really angry at it. Because you're like, <laughs> and your mom's like, it's gone, okay? It is all gone. And you're like, no, 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 there's still some left. And you tear open, like, the styrofoam, and you're licking the inside of the cup until then it is all actually gone. And then you're just licking the styrofoam cup. And it, you guys don't do that? Maybe it's just me. I feel weird now. Never mind. Anyway, it's gone, though. It's over. Imagine a cup, a chalice with milkshake that never runs dry, that never gets mildewy, 
never gets lukewarm and melts. It's a milkshake that every time you slurp, there's still some milkshake in there. Imagine a pizza box where every time you reach in the pizza box, you pull out a perfect slice, and it is still warm, or if you like cold, it's still cold, and it's still perfect temperature, and every time you reach in there, no matter how many times you reach in there, there's still a piece. There's still a piece. Imagine a wallet where you pull out a dollar bill, and then, oh, there's another dollar bill, and there's another dollar bill, and every time you reach in there, there's another dollar bill in the wallet. Basically, Elijah's saying, look, if you trust God, God has said to me, if you make this last piece of bread and give it to me every time you want food, you will have it until the famine is over. This woman has to make a decision. Am I going to trust? Am I not? And she chooses to trust in the Lord. And she makes that last loaf of bread and she gives it to Elijah. And then she goes back to that jar and she reaches in and there's flour. And she reaches in again, and there's more flour. And she reaches in again, and there's more flour. And God, through a miracle, produces food for them to survive for years. This goes on for years, this famine. And God provides a way for them to survive. And they are able to be with Elijah. And Elijah actually gets food from them every day. And that's how he's provided for moving forward. Now, here's the thing sometimes that confuses me when I read this story. I read this story, and I go, okay, So God gave four commands to Elijah. Why didn't he just give one command to Elijah? Why didn't he just tell him everything up front? So we see four commands. The first one is, okay, I want you to tell King Ahab it's not going to rain for a long time. Then I want you to to leave, and I want you to run away, and I want you to go to this brook where I'm going to provide for you. Then I want you to wait here, and, and after a time, I want you to leave when the brook is dry, I want you to go into this town and ask a widow for some food. Then I want you to tell the widow that I'm going to provide for her through a miracle and that she should prepare the food anyway. Why didn't God just tell him all of that up front and why did he tell him piece by piece, step by step? Why doesn't God do the same thing in our life? If God knows everything and he knows everything that's going to happen in the future, why doesn't he just tell us one day? Why doesn't he just show up and say, hey, so uh, tomorrow your shoelaces are going to get tied together in gym class and you're going to trip over, so you might want to untie those shoelaces. Uh, also, you're going to forget your lunch tomorrow. Make sure to bring that. And then also want to remind you, you have a big test coming up tomorrow you didn't study for, so try and study in homeroom before class. Okay, cool. Good luck. Why doesn't he just like give me a briefing on everything that's going to happen for the day? Or better yet, the month. Or better yet, the year. Or better yet, my life. Why doesn't he just tell us everything that we need to know? up front. Well, I, wanna, um, I want to do a uh, demonstration to, to prove this theory. So I need a volunteer to come up here and do it. Uh, yes, sir. Come on up. Right here. So uh, here's how we're going to do this. Come on up here on stage. Sir, tell everyone your name. David. Uh, David. This is David, everybody. Say hi, David. Not you. I wanted them to say it. Okay, cool. So, David, I have a beanie here. Whoa. R2-D2 just spoke to us. That was creepy. Okay, I have a beanie. This is Andrews, and I think so. Yeah, this should work. So, you need to put this over your face so where you can't see. Over your face. Can you see? Oh, I actually hit him. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, I was not that good at punching. Okay, so, David, here's what I want you to do. Take it off for a second. So, David, here's what I want you to do. Okay, I'm going to give you instruction, everything you need to know, okay? I'm going to need you to spin around three times and stop facing me. 
And then I'm gonna need you to step off the stage, hop three times, and sit perfectly in between those two people. Okay? Sound good? Okay, put that on. I told you everything you need to do, okay? Put that on. And begin. You okay? No. Not okay. All right, hold on one second. I know. That looked painful. Are you okay? Do you want me to get someone else to do it? Yes. Yes? Okay. Okay? Ow. Are you, are you really okay, Dave? Oh. Okay. Let's try it again. Tim, can you take a look at him make sure he's okay? All right, let's take you. Come on up here. All right, let's try this again. Put this on. So we're going to do it a little bit differently this time, okay? okay. I'm going to tell you step by step what to do, okay? So spin around one time. Spin around one time. Spin around one time. And stop. Okay, you're facing me right now. Perfect. Okay, so now I want you to take a side step to your right. Little one, little one, little one, little one. And you're right at the edge. Okay, now step down. There you go. Perfect. Oh, that's my foot, sorry. Now I want you to turn a little bit to your right. Get on one foot and hop three times. Okay, perfect. Now I want you to walk forward. Walk forward. Stop, stop, stop. Turn around. Now walk backwards. Backwards, backwards. Oh, stop, 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 stop. Come forward a little bit, sorry. All right, now turn a little bit to your right. All right, a backwards, a little bit. You're almost to the chair. There, now sit. Awesome. All right, clap it up. Clap it up. Clap it up. Thank you, though. Thank you so much. Okay. So there was, there was a difference there. There was a difference there, okay, in the things that happened. First off, I told them both the exact same thing. Why were the results different? Someone raise your hand and tell me. Why was it different? What happened? Yes, ma'am? Exactly. So I told one of them step by step. No one can expect David to remember all that I told him. I told him way too much to remember. And it was hard to remember all of that at the same time. So it was really hard for him to actually do it step by step. But, but what I did was I told him just each little thing slowly. And I was guiding him through the process. Oh, sorry. Throw it over there. I, I told him, step by step, what to do, and it was easier to follow. If I'm on the phone with somebody, and they're giving me instructions on how to program a computer, if they tell me everything to do at once, I'm not going to be able to program the computer. But if they tell me step by step by step, okay, start by turning the computer on. Is it on yet? Okay, now it's on. Now go to the start box. Is it start? Okay, the start box is clicked. Now, and they're able to help me through step by step, if a teacher does that and helps you step by step through a process, it is much, much easier to walk through. God, in the same way, speaks to Elijah. And he says, let me help you step by step through what I want you to do. Let me give you the first thing to do. First, speak to Ahab. So he spoke to Ahab. Okay, now that you've spoken to Ahab, now I want you to retreat, go away into hiding so that you'll be safe. Okay, he goes off into hiding and he'll be safe and God provides for him. Now I want you to trust me each day that I'm going to send you food. And he trusts him. Now I want you to leave this place and go into this village and talk to this woman. 
And he does that. Now I want you to tell her to trust me each day that when she reaches into that jar, when she reaches, pours out that pot, there will be food for her to provide for her. And it takes her each day trusting in God that when she reaches and pours over, there will be oil. And when she reaches in, there will be flour. It takes faith each day. The reason that God doesn't just tell us everything up front is because he wants us to follow him step by step, listening to his voice constantly, that we would be reliant on him. We would be trusting in him for each step that we move forward. That's the important part. And in the same way as we follow God, we need to be reliant on Him for every step that we take, listening to what He has to say to us and then obeying. God speaks to us in a couple of different ways. He speaks to us, as we've said, through His Word, through the Bible. He speaks to us through prayer. And He also speaks to us through other people. We need to be listening to what God has for us and then we need to be obedient to what He tells us to do. That's the important and, and in our lives, guys, we need to be willing to follow God step by step as he leads us and be reliant on him. All right, let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, we love you so much. We're so thankful for your son Jesus, Lord, that you sent him to die for our sins and we rejoice in that, Lord, that we can have life eternal through him. Pray you would help us to have a wonderful time at camp, keep us safe, and each day, Lord, lead us step by step as we follow after you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.